Well, hello there. Time again for the Florida Roundtable. I am Melissa Fox, and we've got a great list of topics and guests to get through today, and I think you're going to enjoy it. First of all, huh? What? You know, it's time to be proactive about your hearing loss. Admit it. You're going to want to hear about that. Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Genetic testing is on the table. We'll talk about that. The AARP wants to help with workplace discrimination. Oh, and the Autism Society of Florida is going to check in. They've got a mission, and you might want to be part of it. Also, you know Dr. Phil's main man, Dr. Charles Sophie? Yeah, he's going to join us to talk about family values. That's his new book. It should be a lot of fun. Again, hearing loss, breast cancer awareness, workplace discrimination, autism, and family values. All coming up on this week's episode of the Florida Roundtable on the Florida Talk and Entertainment Network. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing and always need to stick your fingers to test your blood sugar. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. Apply a discrete sensor on your body, and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger sticks. If you are living with type 1 or type 2 diabetes and you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, you might be eligible for a CGM through your insurance benefits. U.S. Med partners with over 500 private insurance companies and Medicare. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill your insurance. Call us today for a free benefits check. 800-513-1652. 800-513-1652. That's 800-513-1652. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. 800-398-0651. 800-398-0651. 800-398-0651. That's 800-398-0651. Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low we can't publish them anywhere. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. Call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. 802-341-4542. 802-341-4542. That's 802-341-4542. You're listening to the Florida Roundtable on the Florida Talk and Entertainment Network. It's the Florida Roundtable, and I, of all people, understand hearing loss because sometimes I feel like I'm turning my headphones up and up and up. It's Melissa. How are you? So maybe you're suffering some hearing loss because of unsafe listening practices. Well, October is National Protect Your Hearing Month, and with that in mind, the Doctor of Audiology at Beltone is with us. Hello, Dr. Kathy McGowan. How are you today? I am well. How are you today? I'm doing great. What causes noise-induced hearing loss, and does it affect everybody or just, you know, people like me in radio? <laughs> I know it can affect anybody. Uh, anybody who's exposed to loud noises can get a noise-induced hearing loss. Oh, so we should get our hearing checked uh, regularly, right? What's that? Every uh, couple of years? How do we do? What, what's that? We recommend once a year, just oh. like get your eyes checked, to get your uh, blood pressure checked. You should also get a hearing check once a year. Oh, see, good stuff. Just tuning in, Kathy McGowan's with us. She's been a practicing doctor of audiology with Beltone for over 16 years. Um, yeah, here's a question I mentioned in the intro that I have, uh, I'm pretty sure lately I've been doing a lot of huh, what, and I also read lips, so it's hard to tell if I have hearing problems. Obviously, I should go to the doctor, but are there solutions available for people like me with a bit of an impairment? Of course. Uh, if you go to Beltone.com, you can find your closest Beltone office. Come on in, and we do free hearing screenings. So we can help you figure out what's going on. We can take a look in your ears and make sure it's not just a big, uh, huge chunk of earwax in there. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we can we can help take care of that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but once we determine that there might be a problem, um, you know, it could be something that's just a very mild issue that you could certainly start off with one of the over-the-counter products. We have our Jabra Enhance Plus 
it's just a really fantastic product. We're very excited for this uh, to take effect, get help be able to help so many more people hear better. Um, you know, Belltown's been in business for 82 years, and our business was started by a friend wanting to help a friend hear better. Oh. Uh, and that's really what we still do today. It's really very exciting. Uh, we're, we're just so happy to see so many more people uh, can get some help. Uh, you know, the Jabra enhances. it's kind of like when you go get your eyes checked and the doctor says, you know, um, you do need just a little bit of help, but it's not bad enough for prescription eyeglasses. And you go buy yourself just a pair of those readers. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's exactly what that product is for. Uh, but if we find out that you actually have a little more of a hearing problem and you need some prescription hearing help, uh, we have that as well. It's very exciting. We have great technology. Um, and so come and see us and we'll help you take care of the problem. So am I right with nearly 50% of people from the age of 12 into the mid-30s probably are being exposed to unsafe noise levels, headphones, earbuds, things like that, and it's damaging, right? It sure is. If you think about it, when you've got that little earbud in your ear, that sound doesn't have anywhere else to go but in. Uh, And, you know, people don't realize uh, how loud they have those. So, you know, if you're standing right beside someone and you can hear either their conversation or their music on their earbud, that means that's way too loud. Right, um, right. I got you. And, you yeah, know, I was going to say, uh, Dr. McGowan, most of your devices will let you know that, you know, to, to turn it down or that a certain level is going to bother you. So we just ignore that, don't we? That's great. <laughs> we sure do. <laughs> and you don't realize, you know, it's mixed in with all the other noise that you're getting just from your environment. So many things can cause a noise-induced hearing loss that you don't think about every day, like, you know, mowing your grass or using your shop back. Um, industrial noise exposures, anybody that's been in the military, all these things can just start to add up and to damage your nerve of hearing. You know, another thing, a sidebar, but actually part of this whole deal with hearing loss, um, those older folks, and a lot of you are listening to the show, appreciate that. Uh, if you're heading into Alzheimer's disease or, you know, someone with dementia, when they can't hear, that just rapid decline happens. Hey, where can we go for more information? Because I know people want to. Sure. Uh, just go to belltone.com. Find out where your closest Belltone office is. Give us a call. We'll get you scheduled for a free hearing screening and uh, get you started on your journey. Remember, October is National Protect Your Hearing Month, and Dr. Kathy McGowan is helping us out. She's one of those doctors that actually knows about the ears and audiology, and Belltone is going to help us. So, Belltone.com. Kathy, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us, and I'm going to go get my hearing checked right after the show. Good. <laughs> we'll see you later. Take care. It has been said that everyone has a book in them, but do you have the time or the ability to write your book? Maybe you picked up some skills or had a life experience that you want to pass on in the form of a book to help others. Maybe you want to leave an autobiography for your family, or maybe you've built a successful business and you want to share your story. At Dorrance Publishing Company, we have professional writers who can help turn your book idea into a finished manuscript quickly and affordably. A Dorrance ghostwriter can provide as much or as little help as you need to complete your book. You'll work directly with your ghostwriter to finish your book faster than you ever could on your own. It's easy to become a published author. Call Dorrance now to learn more. 800-485-6003-800-485-6003-800-485-6003. Call right now. That number is 800-485-6000. Hello, I'm Hector Elizondo, Emmy Award-winning actor, and I want to talk to you about getting older. My body hurts, my joints ache, and sometimes I forget. I forget that doing all your own scenes for a movie isn't always the best decision, especially when you're galloping side saddle down a countryside road on a horse named Archie Bello, who seems to have only one speed high and pulling on his reins only seems to encourage him to go even faster so of course my body hurts and my joints ache but it's not because of my age it's because i'm living my life oh archibello don't let life pass you by take care of your brain health it may just help you stay on top of your game as soon as this scene wraps i'm gonna kiss the ground thank archibello for his outstanding performance feed him a carrot and visit brainhealth.gov find out how you can make the most of your brain as you age at brainhealth.gov. 
It's the Florida Roundtable, and October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I'm telling you, I know this because most of my friends are going to get their girls squished, as they like to call it. But it's very important. There's a wealth of information out there about breast cancer, but it can be extremely helpful and overwhelming at the same time. You see, breast cancer is not a one-size-fits-all journey. So with that in mind, let's understand the risks of breast cancer with Dr. Robert Nussbaum. He's a medical geneticist and chief medical officer at Invite. How are you? Did I say that wrong? Invite? Invite? Invite. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that. And, you know, like I said, my friends, my female and male friends, both are aware that breast cancer is pretty, pretty uh, white up there. I mean, it's not the number one killer of women, but it sure is up there. So can you tell us how we should assess our risks for breast cancer? Well, the three key issues really are, number one, your own personal history. Uh, There are certain groups and kinds of cancers which, when, uh, when occur, can indicate an increased risk for breast cancer. Second is your family history. Knowing your family history is very, very important. Who in your family has been affected with cancer and which cancers did they have? And then the third, of course, is genetic testing, which tells you whether you have a change in a gene that predisposes you, significantly predisposes you to risk of breast cancer and other cancers. Oh, okay, so what's this genetic testing you're talking about, and how effective is it in gathering the insights that we need that are necessary? Well, about one in eight women who have breast cancer actually have a genetic change in their hereditary material, the DNA, that is affecting a gene, and it is because that gene is defective that they are at a greatly increased risk for breast cancer. And the genetic testing involves extracting uh, hereditary material, the DNA from either blood or saliva, and then uh, the a laboratory like Invitae will run a spell check across those genes looking for misspellings that are responsible for making that gene defective, really making the gene not work properly. And that is really what causes this predisposition uh, to breast cancer, which can be as high as five or six times higher than the general population risk because you have a change in one of those genes. Now, my grandmother on my father's side did have breast cancer and had um, one of her breasts removed back in archaic mm-hmm. 60s when things were kind of kooky and they didn't do what they do nowadays, with reconstructive surgery, et cetera. So does that mean since mm-hmm. uh, I'm the generation after that I might be more uh, more apt to be, because of my genetics, susceptible to breast cancer? I think that that's a perfectly good question to ask. The fact that your grandmother was connected to you through your father um, that can sometimes um, cloud the issue. People seem to have this myth that uh, a predisposition to breast cancer, a genetic predisposition, is only passed on by women, through women. This is not the case at all. It can be passed on through a father or through a mother. In a man, it manifests itself as an increased risk for male breast cancer, and um, even more strikingly, for prostate cancer and pancreatic cancer. So, Knowing your family history, not just your grandmother, but any brothers or sisters of her, any brothers and sisters of your father, uh, are really important to have all that information for your healthcare provider to look at and analyze. Wow. Okay, so that's good information and slightly scary for me, but as long as I take your advice and go and check into genetic testing, I'd probably have an upper hand, wouldn't I? For sure, because you can be alerted to the fact that there's a greatly increased risk, and there's a lot you can do about it. There are interventions, there are preventive uh, methods, some of them are surgical, some of them are uh, having to do with surveillance, having increased imaging, different kinds of imaging, uh, not just mammography, but MRI scans. Uh, There are a, a lot of ways that one can work with that increased risk if it's found. But if you don't know it's there, then you don't know what to do. Agreed. So what advice do you have for someone like me or someone else out there who might be considering this genetic testing? What should I expect? Well, I think in in terms of the genetic testing itself, it's very simple. You either give a blood sample or a saliva sample. They extract the material of the hereditary material of DNA and they spell check it. But I think more importantly than that is first step is you talk to your healthcare provider. There are guidelines for who uh, should be recommended for having genetic testing. 
And those guidelines depend a lot on your personal and family history. So that all has to be obtained. If your healthcare provider doesn't feel comfortable uh, or, or um, knowledgeable enough about it, a referral to a genetic counselor, which can be done over the phone. Uh, it doesn't have to be in person, but it can also be in person. They can go over your information and help you decide. It's a mutual decision as to whether they have genetic testing done or not. Um, quick question, and we've been talking right now to Dr. Robert Nussbaum. He's the chief medical officer at Invite, and uh, he is providing us an educational overview on breast cancer and genetic testing and how it can be very effective. Gives you the necessary insights. Again, I'm just rehashing what you've already told me, but uh, where can folks go for more information? This is so vital. You can go to our website, invitae.com. That's I-N-V-I-T-A-E.com and go to the patient area where there's all kinds of information about genetic testing, how to obtain it, uh, uh, what it means. Uh, but I, I strongly recommend that one do this in conjunction with a trusted healthcare provider uh, or someone that your provider refers you to who's knowledgeable uh, and expert in this area. Yeah, I was just going to mention that you really need to keep your doctor in the loop here if you're going to look into genetic testing, obviously, or at least Absolutely. look for a referral, right, Dr. Newsbaum? Yeah. Absolutely. And then when the report comes from the genetic test, the report will go to your doctor and to you. Perfect. Dr. Newsbaum, Dr. Robert Newsbaum, thank you so much for enlightening us and Breast Cancer Awareness Month. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's the Florida Roundtable. And you know, the worst of COVID-19 may be over. The pandemic continues to shake the workplace, though, particularly older workers. In fact, a new AARP survey said that approximately one in four older workers who lost their jobs are struggling to get rehired. So... Yeah, looking for a job, it's hard just about, isn't it? It's hard. It's not easy, but with that in mind, let's bring in Bill Rivera. Hey, Bill, how are you Hi. today? I'm great, Melissa. How are you? I'm perfect. Now, you're the Senior Vice President for Litigation at uh, the AARP Foundation. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on, age discrimination. I mean, we're living longer, we're working longer. What are you seeing? Well, unfortunately, we know that age discrimination is alive and well. And of course, age discrimination, just like any other form of discrimination, is wrong and it's illegal in every state and at the federal level as well. But we see it too much. And we have an AARP survey recently showed that 62% of workers over 50 have seen or experienced age discrimination in the workplace recently. That's a phenomenally high number and something that really should be shocking, but Sadly, is not that surprising. No, unfortunately. Uh, and, you know, I know some of the older workers that you're talking about who are either never getting the phone call are being uh, not interviewed, perhaps because of their age or experience, for that matter. Uh, and, and we see it all the time, but it's a challenge to, one, prove that it's happening to you. So uh, how do you, how as an older person myself, how do we deal with the uh, discrimination that we are finding Absolutely. It is very frustrating and, as we said, all too common, and you can feel like there's not much you can do about it. But it's important to note some potential signs of age discrimination in your workplace or during the application process. And so, for example, at work, are you or are older colleagues being passed over for promotions or training opportunities in favor of younger workers? That can show that the company is investing in younger workers at the expense of older workers unfairly and could be a sign of age discrimination. Do you have an environment that seems to tolerate age comments or relies on negative stereotypes about aging like well you can't teach an old dog new tricks or referring to people as dinosaurs or fossils or of course at the end of the day if there are layoffs or if there is a corporate reorganization and all the people who are let go are older workers and the people who are retained or who replace them are younger workers that could be another sign of age discrimination in the workplace we're talking with Bill Rivera. He is the Senior Vice President of Litigation at AARP Foundation. And uh, we're talking about how older workers can recognize, first and foremost, and fight age discrimination, both in the hiring process as well as, like you just talked about, in the workplace. 
People are living longer, Bill. Um, and matter of fact, people over the age of 65 are actually the fastest growing segment of the workplace. And yet we may be seeing lower salaries. We may be seeing some sort of discrimination where a younger person who's not as qualified might get. How do we prove that we've actually been discriminated against? Oh, it's certainly a challenge, but, you know, it's so important to have your radar up and paying attention for potential signs of age discrimination and then to document them. What did you hear? What did you see? Who else was there? When was it? You want to do all of that as close in time to the events that it happened so that you have a good record that can help you going forward. But sometimes you see this even at the application process from the get-go where the employer asks for date of birth or age or your high school graduation date or your college graduation date. Sixty percent of job seekers in AARP's survey of workers 50 and older were asked by an employer to provide age-related information during the application or interview process. Oh. There's no reason to be asking that information up front, if at all. Well, aren't those one of the, the key things you're not supposed to ask, uh, like transportation, uh, whether or not you're with child, and certainly your age? Because, so they're just finding ways around it, is what you're saying? There are some ways around it, and it's not necessarily unlawful to ask in every state. So it will vary from place to place. But it can certainly be evidence of age discrimination if you find that there are other things going on. I mean, things that you sometimes see also is not just people saying we obviously are only looking for people below a certain age, but you might see other limitations that have the same practical effect, something that says no more than seven years of experience, no matter how senior the job is. You know, obviously, that's not age-specific, but it's certainly going to have a disparate impact on workers that have much more experience. Or you might see a job ad that says, we're looking for a digital native or a recent college graduate. Again, not necessarily tied to the seniority or the responsibilities of a job. And that is either going to dissuade older applicants from applying in the first place or be used to not give you the interview or not have you go forward. Wow. I didn't even realize that was going on. Now, there is the Age Discrimination and Employment Act out there that does protect workers over the age of 40. But it's important that we all know our rights in the workplace. How can we find more information so that we avoid, you know, this discrimination? Well, you can go to AARP.org slash age discrimination as well as AARPfoundation.org. Bill Rivera, Senior Vice President for Litigation at AARP Foundation. Thank you for sharing this information about workplace discrimination and how we can avoid it. You've got it. You're listening to the Florida Roundtable on the Florida Talk and Entertainment Network. More coming up. And if you miss anything, check out our podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Just search for the Florida Roundtable. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-513-1652. 800-513-1652. That's 800-513-1652. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the Health Insurance Helpline can help you get it. 800-398-0651. 800-398-0651. That's 800-398-0651. Hi, I'm Johnny Erickson Tata. Growing up with a brother with autism, Sarah Crump witnessed firsthand how kids with disabilities felt left out by their peers. It's why at the age of 15, Sarah approached her cheerleading coach with an idea to include girls with disabilities on her school's cheer team. Well, what started out as an inclusive high school cheer team in a small town in Iowa has led to what is now known as Sparkle Effect, a thriving nonprofit with over 180 cheer teams across the United States, bringing students with and without disabilities together through cheerleading. The result? 
more confidence, higher grades, and better school attendance for kids with disabilities. And for those without a disability, new friends and a greater empathy. You want to learn more? Well, visit disabilitycampaign.org, where we have posted a link to the fabulous work known as The Sparkle Effect. We're here early before they wake up. We stay late. We stay informed. We invest in the latest technology. We take the time to train the next generation of doctors and nurses. We work together to make sure we heal their bodies and their minds. We do this not because it's our job, but because this is about our veterans' lives. This is our mission. More than 300,000 of us working as one, together with families and loved ones. No matter where they live in this country, we'll be there. We all come together and stand together to serve our veterans. We stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans. Imagine. Imagine being denied an apartment because of your religion or your race or because you have children or a disability. It's so wrong. Yes, but who has the power to stop this? You do. Each of us has the power. The law is on your side. It's illegal for landlords to discriminate because of race, color, religion, sex, national origin, disability, or familial status. If you suspect that you have experienced housing discrimination, file a complaint with HUD immediately so we can investigate it. Fair housing is your right. Use it. To learn more, visit HUD.gov slash fair housing. That's HUD.gov slash fair housing. Or call 1-800-669-9777. 1-800-669-9777. A public service message from HUD in partnership with the National Fair Housing Alliance. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Hey, uh, this guy, an author, a regular on Dr. Phil, my guest, Dr. Charles Sophie, has got a new book out. It's called Family Values. Let's go ahead and welcome in Dr. Charles Sophie. Welcome to the Florida Roundtable, Doc. Thank you. How are you? I am great. So how was it working with Dr. Phil anyway? It is a fun experience. <laughs> is it fun? Yeah, he's got a great sense of humor. He's very, you know dry, humored, and mm-hmm. right to the point, even more to the point. So we get there. Yeah, I like, yeah. Well, I'll get there. It might take us a little bit around here and there, but we will get there here in this interview. So you have a new book out, as I mentioned. It's called Family Values. Tell me a little bit about what the book has for us. Well, it's a book that hopefully will be seen as very simple and not overwhelming for parents to be able to take a few simple tools I put together and evaluate themselves, their family, and get them themselves as well as their family back on a track to rebuild themselves and find value in their family unit because we've lost sight of that, unfortunately. Mm, yes, we kind of have, haven't we? I bet with uh, the Dr. Phil segments, of course, you often see the extremes of family dysfunction. But uh, is there a point when you've ever said, you know what, just give up, just forget about this troublesome child, it's, it's time to cut the ties, and do you ever, ever, is there ever a time that you should do that? Never. There should never be a time where any parent gives up on their child. I love it. What about the core elements that every child needs in order to thrive and survive? The, those core elements from my perspective as being the medical director for L.A. County's Department of Children's Services, the largest foster care system in the country, are two simple things, safety and permanence, physical and emotional safety and permanence. If you can provide that for your child, then it's a win for everyone. The Sophie Method, what is that? Can you break it down for me? Sure. It's a two-step process. That's a simple process and tool I put together the first step is called sweep, S-W-E-E-P, just like a broom. And it's five key areas of your life that need to be looked at. And if they're evaluated quickly and simply on a regular basis for yourself as an individual and your family as a whole, you'll see that areas are probably off balance. Once in balance and kept on balance, you're going to be able to you know, get to where you need to be. And so looking at those five areas, number one is S for sleep. 
quality and quantity of sleep. How do you sleep and how does your, you know, what is sleep valued in your home like? Work, what does your child do all day at school? Is it the right setting for them? Are you happy at work? Is it meaningful? Do you have a purpose? Eating, eating together, eating well, eating good food, emotional expression, dealing with your emotions, your marriage, your interactions, teaching your children and how to deal with their emotions. And then the P is for play. Things we do as hobbies by ourselves and things we do as uh, with others as a team or with our friends. Five key areas to keep in balance. When you do that inventory on yourself or your and your family, you'll be able to come up with the places where there's holes. And you fill those holes in by making a roadmap with your children. One for yourself, one for the family. Where everybody wants to get or needs to get in each one of those areas. And that's it. And you stay on that track really for life. Now, it doesn't and sound that difficult, it, doctor. No, it's not. And it gets you to a place of balance, respect. And then you're providing your child the safety and permanence they need, and you're becoming a parent and what you want to be. We're talking with Dr. Charles Sophie. You may be familiar with him from Dr. Phil or Good Morning America, the Today Show, Anderson Cooper 360, Fox News. He's all over the place. And he was the uh, former medical director of the County of Los Angeles Department of Children and Family Services. You also have a teenage son. Tell us a little bit yeah. about the first book that you put out, the Side-by-Side, the Revolutionary Mother-Daughter Program for Conflict-Free Communication. Why did you focus on mother-daughter in the first book? Well, I had a, a pretty famous patient who had gone to jail, and many people were interested in understanding how does a family with resources and money and notoriety end up with a child who's alcoholic and drunk and driving and being picked up and now driving again against, you know, the laws, taking her license. And so out of that came showing people how relationships between a child and a parent, no matter what the resources are, your culture, your tradition, rich, poor, doesn't matter. You still have parenting issues that are, you know, not superseded by typical interactions with a child and a parent. Mm. And it's the same across the board, and these are the ways to address it. Wow, I love it. Okay, so that's the first book. You might want to seek that out side-by-side, the Revolutionary Mother-Daughter Program for Conflict-Free Communication. And uh, Dr. Charles Sophie is our guest right now on the Florida Roundtable. We just mentioned sweep, which is one of his, uh, well, basically sweeping, a yardstick for measuring how well you're functioning as an individual, as a parent, and as a member of your overall family. I like to refer to myself as macaroni and cheese in the potluck family, if you know what I mean. Stick everybody together. That's what I do. That's right. Yeah. But, <laughs> but sweep stands for sleep, work, eating, emotional expression, and play, very generically. Um, when we look at the family portrait, what are the five essentials, and what makes them essential, Doctor? Well, just like you said, as macaroni and cheese, it's a project that everybody has to stick together and come to the other side completed. And there are different areas and different there are steps to it, just like putting together a family portrait. And I paralleled it with that. So it could be an understandable and easy concept to grasp for anybody. And it's coming together, deciding on what to wear, what kind of frame do we want, where are we going to hang it ultimately, because it's going to be something that is forever in our family and going to represent a period of time that we started a process that now has for years. And that's what you want to be able to do, give your child the traditional cultural values that will increase your overall family value that they'll carry on. And then they're not going to have to go through this process that you're going through right now by reading this book in five or 10 years from now. Now, uh, later in my show, I'm going to be talking with the Autism Society of Florida. Are there any different ways that we should approach the uh, family values if we have a, someone on the spectrum in our family or the same standards fit? Same standards fit. We're all human beings. Doesn't matter. We all could have a label. Doesn't matter. Labels don't matter. Love is what matters. Respect, safety, and permanence. I'm glad to hear you say that. (laughs) Totally. totally. Perfectly. So what are some tips and tools for communicating or connecting and being a good role model, raising confident and capable children? Well, I, I think the simple things are, and it's the hardest thing oftentimes for parents to do, which is to actually just listen to their child. You want to bust in, you want to break their sentence, you want to interrupt them, you want to, you don't want them to finish a statement because you think whatever they're saying or their interpretation or perception of what you're saying isn't accurate. Let them finish. Let them complete their sentences. You can mumble it in your brain. There's some diagrams in the book that show you how to do this. But it has to be where you let the person finish talking. And then when they get that out, everybody, if 
anybody on the other side is trying to say something, let them say it. And half of the battle is over because they got it out. Yeah, there you go. So communication often means being quiet and listening. I like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. It's He's, the hardest thing yeah. to do sometimes. Yep. The new book is uh, Family Values, Reset, Trust, Boundaries, and Connection with Your Child. It's a new book from a 20-year contributor to Dr. Phil. On the line with me, Dr. Charles Sophie. Now, the Sophie method seemed pretty common sense, but if sense was so common, mm-hmm, we know the deal. Right. <laughs> what do you think our readers or your readers will take away from this book? What do you hope that they take away from it? That it is very doable to be able to become the parent that you've wanted to become or you've strived to become and, and maybe didn't succeed like you'd like, but that it is not difficult. And any place is a place to start, and it's never too late to start. Even if you have adult children, it's never too late to start to reconnect with your child, have some boundaries, build trust. Because over the many years, it might have eroded, but it's never too late. And especially post-pandemic, things have gone so sideways that parents need to really reassess and connect. So you brought up something I was going to ask you, and that is adult children. I see so many dysfunctional families. Eh, You know, my brother and I, we don't really talk too much. Um, How do we rebuild that? Just go buy the Family Values book and everything will be solved? Well, that would be the start. Okay. But I think also being able to understand assessing yourself as an individual, you know, and he and maybe any other sibling as an individual, if you have a parent who's alive and able to function as part of that process, that would be the best place to start. But if you don't, then between you and yourself and your family and then he and his family. But it's really just looking at it, and you need just people to want to participate and do it. Gotcha. They so have to see the sense. value in doing it. But what it's, is the value of having a family? Right, right. But it does take two to disagree or tango. to agree, correct? Yeah. Or, yes, or tango. Mm-hmm. Tangoing is very important. I agree. Yeah. You must dance like no one's watching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, here's a quote from the book. I believe no matter how complicated life gets or how off course your family dynamics become, it's never too late to hit the reset button and move forward with confidence, love, and authenticity with your family values leading the way. Nice. I love it. And, you know, how many times you have an argument with a family member, and either you wake up the next day or within an hour, it's not forgotten, but it's smoothed over and you move forward. What's the point of, of what, what's wrong with resetting it, talking about it, and entering the interaction in the next phase with respect and trust and love? I love it. You know. That's perfect. No, it makes sense. Family Values, Reset, Trust, Boundaries, and Connection with Your Child is the book. It's available everywhere. Dr. Charles Sophie is my guest. Thank you so much for helping us to get our family units back together right here on the Florida Roundtable, Doctor. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. You're listening to the Florida Talk and Entertainment Network. More Florida Roundtable right around the corner. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance, it's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-398-0651-800-398-0651-800-398-0651. That's 800-398-0651. Do you use Viagra or Cialis? Have you been thinking about trying Viagra or Cialis? What if we could promise you the same results for less than $2 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for Viagra, you're being taken to the cleaners. Our pill delivers the exact same results for less than $2. We'll do the math for you. You save more than $16 a pill for the same results. Want more? We'll give you 45 blue pills or 45 yellow pills for $99. 
and add five more pills free. You save more than $500. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know what to do next. You need to call us at 800-975-1374 and get your 50 pills for just $99. Stop overpaying for Viagra. Call us and start saving a ton of money for the exact same results. Ordering is fast and easy with your pills delivered to your door in an unmarked package. Call us right now. 800-975-1374. It's the Florida Roundtable and a topic near and dear to my heart, autism. It's everywhere. Recently, it just seems like the numbers are even more so. And more importantly, we've got some bad stuff that's been happening. Drowning. Drowning is the number one cause of death in children with autism. Today, we're going to speak with Stacy Hoagland. Now, she is the president of the Autism Society of Florida. Welcome to the Florida Roundtable, Stacy. Hi, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. We're glad to have you, too. All this is volunteer, correct? The Autism Society of Florida? Yes, we have a 16-member board, and it is a working board. So everybody who comes on board uh, is a volunteer and does some truly incredible work across the state of Florida. Back dignity and diversity in all communities. Wow, that's a pretty high standard you guys are taking on there. Are you meeting it? Yeah, well, you know, everybody tries to get to their standards, so we do our best. A couple of our board members are people on the autism spectrum, and so they do a fabulous job of keeping us on check because uh, we want to make sure that everybody's voice is part of the decisions that we make. And we can't do that if we don't hear directly from the individuals with autism themselves. So we're very fortunate in that we have, you know, their wisdom um, and their own personal experiences to do that. And the rest of the board is made up of parents and family members. So 100% of the board is somebody who is personally affected in one way or another um, by autism, which I think makes us a little unique because you'll see a lot of different autism organizations have a lot of people who, you know, are, are vested in the overall mission, but don't live and breathe it the way that our board does, which I think makes it kind of unique. It does, Stacy. It does. We're talking to Stacy Hoagland from the uh, Autism Society of Florida. And, of course, no autism case is the same. Everyone is a little bit different. So um, when I started talking out, Stacy, when I first started this, we talked about child drownings. Now, across the state of Florida, and again, we're talking about 67 counties here, um, we have a lot of high autism diagnoses. Uh, One in 54 is the estimate here? Mm, No, it's actually one in 44. And that came out um, actually during COVID from the Center for Disease Control. So even though they were busy with COVID, um, they still ran the current stats. And so now we're one in four. It had been one in 54 just a couple years ago. So it seems like every other year we're seeing another pretty significant increase. And, you know, there's a lot of people who say, well, you know, we're getting better at diagnosing, which we are. You know, physicians are learning more science and just all the research, which is is really good. Mm -hmm. But there are also a lot more children that we would not have missed before, you know, kids with more significant needs. So it's, it's on a couple fronts. Yes, we're doing better at diagnosing, but we're also seeing a, you know, a hefty increase in people who are going to need a lot of long-time support. And that's one of the things that our organization, we, one of the things that we do is we advocate legislatively. So those, those missions are really to look to, you know, how are we going to help these, these kids? as they become adults and related to employment and employment opportunities, housing, um, their rights, the ability for them to be able to go and vote and to be part of the overall community, uh, post-secondary education. I mean, so it really the list to go on and on about the things that we're trying to uh, really um, get our communities to recognize because there are many people with autism who have some really unique gifts. And uh, we all can benefit from some of the things that they have to offer. Oh, most definitely. Now, Stacy, I mentioned the drowning prevention. That is the number one cause of death in children with autism. And we just had Hurricane Ian roll through here. There's lots more water 
Uh, how are you preventing, how are we teaching and training these kids or their parents to be aware of this? We, we can't have this keep happening. You gave me numbers uh, before the show, before we started here, and they're just, I mean, I, it took me back at how many kids have already passed away from drowning in this state. Right. Yeah, we're, we're up from last year. So last year was, um, unfortunately, a very high year. So 98 children died last year in 2021 in the state of Florida uh, from drowning. This year, we're already, we're, we're only to the beginning of October, and we're already up to 70. And so it's not just my organization, but Water Smart Florida is very involved in it as well. And we work collaboratively with them to, and, and other organizations, um, to kind of look at, you know, what are we missing? What's happening? And unfortunately, we met just recently and we were looking at the numbers and almost half of the 70, those kids drowned in their own home, oh. um, either in the backyard swimming pool or in the bathtub in the home. And so we spend a lot of time educating families on understand the barriers to drowning. So, for instance, having locks on doors, having alarms on doors. Um, swimming lessons, so important to have swimming lessons for your kids. And, uh, you know, not, you, know, you got to pay attention. So you have to not be on your phone, which is a major culprit today because, you know, all of us, you know, anybody can go on Facebook and kind of get pulled into it, right? So mm -hmm. you forget, oh, I have a toddler in the house and let me make sure that, you know, the doors are locked. I have the alarms on the doors and, and all the other things that I, I know that I need. Um, are in place. And unfortunately, as we sadly review on the other side, when a child has passed, those barriers are not in place. And so we know that barriers work. We know that having the specialized sensing and gates around pools do prevent young kids from getting into them. Um, but yet a lot of people still don't have those in place. And we work with our pediatricians to make sure that that is one of the things that they're sharing with them in those, you know, when you go for your well baby visits at the beginning, uh, because most of these kids are, they're not, they're not 10 year olds. They're three and younger. And which kind of makes it difficult for us as the autism community, because we research that children with autism drowned 160 times greater than typically developing yeah. kids. So we know that. However, that's only what we know. Um, if you look at the, Center for Disease Control, it tells us that most children are still, sadly, uh, I wish it was better, but um, still diagnosed uh, with autism at the age four and a half. So if most of our children are drowning at three and younger, how many of those kids would have later been diagnosed with ah, autism? Good um, point. Wow. Stacey yeah, Hoagland is with us. She's making sense again. She is the president of the Autism Society of Florida. And you guys have so many great initiatives, peers for young adults, training in transition. Now, this uh, this is a pretty interesting little thing, the training these people to work directly with adults with autism so that they can get employment or live independently. What a great idea. Yeah, well, what we were doing is we felt like not only us, but a lot of organizations that are really trying to do some great stuff were spending a lot of time on the the people, right? The students who are, you know, kind of growing up and getting ready for a job. And so we were spending time on that, but yet we were really forgetting that there are support systems for, let's say, a person with autism, 18 years old. There are resources, vocational rehabilitation, uh, waiver support coordinators, and, you know, I could give you a whole litany of these different titles, sure. but those people, we were missing them. We weren't training them. So a lot of them continued to think, well, you know, this person has this type of disability. So are they really going to work? Oh, not so fair. So our focus then went to them mm -hmm. to make sure that they have the skills that they need so they can recognize not only the gifts in a person, their abilities and all that good stuff, but how to go out to businesses. So how to go out to Target, how to go to Google, how to go to Home Depot, what, wherever that person wants to work to be able to train the staff on, you know, I have this person who's looking for a job and they've got some pretty unique abilities and these are some of the things that they could do and they would make a great employee. And so really to learn the skills that they need so that more of our people can get employment because sadly the unemployment rate for people with autism is still 
you know, roughly 75 to 80% of them, adults with autism, are not employed or are underemployed. And so it's still an issue. So, yeah, we're, we're plugging away, um, but it is a challenge. Stacey, you're, do, you're doing a membership drive of any sort. Would, uh, would you recommend that some folks come along board, autismfl.org yes. perhaps, and yeah, be a partner? Would, yes, that would be wonderful. Yes, we're doing a membership drive. Uh, we have one for families. It's $40. And the for for individuals, it's 25 um, And, um, you know, we use those dollars to be able to uh, really help us do what, what it is we need to do. So swimming lessons for kids, those aren't free. So uh, part of the proceeds, of course, goes for that. We also train water safety instructors because a lot of times they don't know how to teach kids with autism. Yeah, no, it makes sense. AutismFL.org. Stacy Hoagland, thank you for what you do. Remember, these people are working nonprofit for free to help out. Autism Society of Florida. It's been a pleasure. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Why do we have to be told not to repay evil for evil? Because revenge is our gut instinct. You wrong me, I wrong you. You hurt me, I hurt you. You cause me pain, I'm done with you. But God says wait. You can't fight sin with sin. Even when it feels justified or fair to respond to evil with evil, the only winner is evil. A suggestion. Choose a different way, an honorable way. Make the choice not to retaliate or hold a grudge, but to forgive. Now, sometimes people will not want to reconcile or acknowledge the pain they have caused. If you wait for them to make amends, you might be waiting for your entire life. Yet we're called to forgive regardless of how they respond to the wrong they've done to us. This is what we see in Jesus on the cross. He teaches us to forgive others as he has forgiven us when we don't deserve it. This is Bryant Wright, speaking right from my heart. Visit rightfromtheheart.org and click television to watch our TV spots. That's rightfromtheheart.org. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go and pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at Low Cost Airlines. 802 Shortness of breath, patients confused, temp 102. He just had an infection. What's going on? It's becoming septic. Antibiotics started. Bed ready, let's move him. Infections can lead to a deadly chain reaction in your body called sepsis. Very quickly, sepsis can cause tissue damage, organ failure, and even death. If you know the risks, can spot the symptoms, and act fast, then you can get ahead of sepsis. Learn more at cdc.gov sepsis. My muscles ached. I was tired all the time. My son had a full-blown asthma attack. It came out of nowhere. The unsettling thing about some symptoms is... I had a fever and these terrible headaches. You don't always know what's causing them. It was Lyme disease from a tick bite. I had Zika virus from a mosquito. He had a reaction to cockroach allergens. Threats to your health can come from unexpected places. Get the facts. Visit pestworld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association. I'm Melissa Fox, and you've been listening to the Florida Roundtable. Thank you. You've been listening to the Florida Roundtable, a news and public affairs presentation of the Florida News Network. The views and opinions expressed during this program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of this station's management, ownership, or sponsors. For questions or comments, write to Florida Roundtable at fnnonline.net.